And as I said earlier on, um, to those listening online, to those listening to the recording later, um, I'm going to be speaking on sacrifice. I'd, I'd just like you to think about that word. What does the word sacrifice mean to you? Think and pause for a moment. Have you ever had to be sacrificial? Because I want to explore that in some sense this morning. I want to explore it because what does God mean? As we think about the sacrifice that Christ made for us, that he went to the cross, he died and he rose again. And so I want to start in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, where Jesus talks about being the vine. John chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as the branch that is withered, and they gather them up and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you may bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And here's the verse that it all leads to. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Christ laid down his life for us. Christ paid the price. Christ was the sacrificial lamb. So we can see in God's world, in God's economy, what a sacrifice might look like, what a sacrifice might become. And in Hebrews chapter 10, we read about animal sacrifices. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of things can never with the same sacrifice which they were continuously year by year make those approaches perfect. For when they were not ceased to be offered for the worship once purified would have no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. And then Christ fulfills God's will. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then he said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written, To do your will, O God. God wants a sacrifice, but a sacrifice costs. An offering is just what we have, we can give. So when we take up an offering, 
maybe there are different offerings. We read in the Old Testament of clap offerings, of wave offerings, and, and burnt offerings. Things that we would offer unto God. But a sacrifice goes a little further. An offering comes out of a sense of abundance. An offering comes out of what we have. For me, sacrifice goes that little bit further. In the sense that sacrifice costs. David knew what sacrifices cost. If you read in Psalms, you understand and know just how David struggled with sacrifice and giving. And there's a lovely story that's repeated. I'm going to read both kind of inputs here. When David talks about making an offering, an altar unto God, in 1 Chronicles 21, beginning at verse 21. So David came to Ornan, and Ornan looked and saw David, and he went out from the threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me this place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. But Ornan said to David, Take it to yourself, and let my, let my lord the king do what is good in his eyes. Look, I have also given him the oxen for the burnt offering, and threshing implements for the wood, and wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. Then King David said to Ornan, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price. For I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings that which costs me nothing. So David gave Ornan 600 shekels of gold by weight for the place. And David built an altar there to the Lord. So David wanted to bring an altar to the Lord to, to, to drive back the, the plagues. And Ornan offered him a place to build that altar. And Ornan, obviously being a, someone who also loved God, said, you can have it. Have it as a gift. Have this place, use this place as a gift. In fact, have the implements of, of farming, the, the threshing implements, as to be burnt as an offering. And have the bull to be sacrificed. But what does David say? David says, no. No, I do not want to do that. I do not want to bring an offering that costs me nothing. For that is not sacrifice. Sacrifice costs. Sacrifice requires something more than when we have enough. Sacrifice hurts sometimes, just a little. You've heard a saying that says there's no gain without pain. I believe it's true about the gym or exercise, and we're right now in the world athletics. So um, you'd see people who spend all year, or maybe hours every day, exercising, stretching muscles, doing things ready to compete in the race. And just to increase their speed, the 100 metres that happened last night, just to increase their speed by a, a less than a quarter of a second, they would have spent months in preparation. And their coaches would probably say to them, do you know what, when they're hurting, press in, press through, because there's no gain without a little pain. You know, for me, I would say the similar with, with sacrifice. The sacrifice probably needs us to hurt us a little. And I, I remember, I've told you this story before now, but it came to mind when I was preparing that I was, when I was, sorry, it's a long time ago now, but when I was at university and I was at a particular church that I went to some Sundays and I'd gone there that, this particular Sunday and I felt God say to me, Dave, put everything in your pocket in the offering. It wasn't a lot of money, so it wasn't about the amounts. That wasn't the point. It was everything that was in my pocket. And in those days, cash point machines were not everywhere. 
And so I, I was obedient. I put the few pounds that I had in, in the offering, thinking, okay, that means I'm going to have to walk home. Because I caught the bus to church and the bus back. That means I'm going to have to walk home. But that was the choice. That was the price that I was willing to pay. I said, okay, I'm willing to walk. Do you know what happened after the service? Somebody came up to me and said, Dave, are you doing anything for lunch? And I said, no. He said, would you like to come to my house? And I went, oh, yes, please. So I went and had lunch. And then at the end of lunch, about 2.30, 3 o'clock, he said, Dave, would you like a lift home? We're going out now. And I went, oh, yes, please. So not only did I get a lift home, but I got a lunch as well. You think about that. So, so I was sitting there thinking about, okay, I'm going to have to walk a mile and a half, maybe maybe two miles, I think it was. Um, that, that was my concern. That was, my, that was what was going on in my head. Oh, I, oh, I, could, I could maybe give a little bit more and maybe hold back enough for the bus fare. And you can find your own story that works for this, but do find it. Find it when that wrestling goes on that, okay, my offering would be some pennies and some pounds out my pocket, but still leaving enough for my bus fare. But sacrifice meant... God said everything. Okay, it wasn't a lot. I'm not saying this was a lot of money at all. The point I'm making was that it was a choice I made. Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Or I'm going to pay the price because that's sacrifice. And we can see David recognising this in the end of 2 Samuel 24. It's the same story. 2 Samuel 24, beginning of verse 24. Then the king said to, or, or similar story, sorry. Then the king said to Aruna, no, but surely I will buy it for you for a price nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David brought the threshing floor and oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and burnt offerings and peace offerings. And so the Lord heeded the prayers of the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Now this is a theme here. David keeps on getting offered stuff for free. And he says, no, I'm not willing to make an offering that cost me nothing. I know of people here as part of RCF and as part of other groups and part of Lifelinks around the world who have been given stuff and things and they passed them on and they shared them. Do you know what? I want to be really clear. That's not an offering. Uh, sorry, that's not sacrifice. Sorry, that's the... Uh, That's the fire alarm, people. But the fire alarm stopped, so I'll, I'll call them back later. Sorry, can you deal with that? So I'll ring it again. Um, so in 2 Samuel 24, verse 20, I've read that. But there's a theme here. David was offered something for nothing. And as he was offered something for nothing, he said, I'm not willing to... I'm, I'm not willing just to... To receive this, let's just give it and see what happens. Let me go on to read from Genesis 22. Genesis 22. And this is a story, again, we'll know well. Genesis 22, Abraham's faith confirmed, beginning at verse 5. And Abraham said to, his, to the young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his, and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hands and a knife and the two of them went on together. So the fire was there to start the, the, the offering. The knife was there to kill whatever was going to be sacrificed. 
And the two of them went on together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, Father. And he said, Here I am, son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went on together. So here's the real mixture of offering and sacrifice. Abraham wanted to bring an offering. That was part of his worship. He, he said to the people, I'm going, said to the lads, the young men, I'm going to go on, we're going to, we're going to, go, we're going to bring a, a, a burnt offering, we're going to sacrifice a lamb, and we're going to offer it unto God. He had the fire, he had the wood, but he didn't have the lamb. And when his son said to him, Dad, where's the lamb? He said, God will provide a lamb. Now, I don't know whether you can kind of connect with this story and think about this. But in thinking about this, I kind of think, okay, this is really where offering becomes sacrifice. Now, I don't know what you'd have thought if God said to you to go, would you be willing to go? Abraham absolutely has faith because he says God will provide a lamb. Now, would, he, would you be willing to sacrifice your son? And then we read on in verse 9. It says this. And then they came to the place for which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Let me pause there. So he's gone. He's gone ahead. He's gone ahead of the people. And he's got the fire and he's got the woods. And so he's laid out the wood and he now lays out his son. He binds his son. Now, my understanding would be, okay, there's an offering about to happen here. There's a sacrifice about to happen here. His firstborn son. Now, I, I don't know what was going on in his head, whether he's thinking, this is it, this is, this is the end of my son's life, or whether he's actually thinking, okay, God will provide something, or even if I have to kill my son, my son will be resurrected. And then, in verse 11, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and so he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. A place of recognition, a place of memory, a place of thanksgiving. God will provide. And this is my challenge to you and to me this morning is really this. Okay, if we, if we really want to go beyond offering to a place of sacrifice... Are you willing to go to a place where maybe it does hurt a little? It burns a hole in our pocket. It, 
it means maybe a little less sleep. Now, sometimes we can pray sacrificially. Sometimes we can give time to other people sacrificially. I'll give you an example without naming people. Um, not this week, last week. Um, I'm, I'm right in the middle of trying to write a dissertation, and it's painful. I don't like writing, I'll be really honest with you. And writing thousands of words fills my head with, ah! And, uh, you know, Julia, Pauline would tell you, yeah, I'm sitting on the computer most days, all days, just trying to work out what I'm trying to say. So it's not easy, it's painful. But as a consequence, sometimes I, you know, I'm booking out time in my diary and saying, this, this Tuesday morning, this, in this particular one, two weeks ago, Tuesday morning, okay, that time is set aside for me to write and to prepare and to study. And then one of my students rings me up and says, Dave, I'm really stuck, can you see me? I need to see you this morning. A student from Royal Holloway. And I knew he was struggling, I knew, I knew he'd been struggling, so I had a choice. I could go yes, or I could go no. And I prayed about it. And I felt, said, yeah, this is a good time to give, Dave. This is a good time to give to this guy. I said, I can see you for an hour. And I went and I saw him for an hour, and an hour became an hour and a half. He really was struggling. Do you know what? I came to the end of the time that I was meant to be studying that morning. I thought, well, I went, so I went back to my room to get on with doing some writing. And it just flowed. It just flowed. It just flowed. And so I, I then looked at what I'd achieved that morning and thought, you know what, there's three hours work there, but I did it in an hour. And I'm not, I'm, this is not me. This is not me, but there was a place where I said, okay, I could have logically gone, okay, I'm going to protect that time because that's what I need and said no to this guy. But I felt God nudge me. And I don't know what the fruit of that will be, but there's a place and a time when I think God wants us to be sacrificial. And there are times when we can choose to be sacrificial. But it hurts and it costs. Work that out for yourself, whatever that might be. That might be time. That might be resources. That might be your own personal space. I know of people in this room and people who will be listening later who have given up some of their personal space, allowed someone to share their house with them for a season. That's sacrifice. You know, they, they, those people who share the house with you don't do things the way you do them. They maybe don't do washing up as well as you do it. Or maybe they, they leave towels on the floor in the bathroom or whatever it is that winds you up. But you know what? That's the place of sacrifice. The moment you bend down and pick up the towel and go, ah, inside, that's the moment of sacrifice. That's the moment of pain. It's not a big thing, but it's upset. But we, you know, that's what causes us not to do these things. We don't open our hearts, we don't open our lives, we don't open our world because we don't want to sacrifice. And that's my challenge to us this morning, is do we want to be a sacrificial people? And I want to put this in the context of Virginia Lodge and Running Me Christian Fellowship and using this building. What could being sacrificial in this building mean? It could mean as simple as for example, somebody who's a ministry that we want to work with, take the kitchen, for example. I think the kitchen will probably remain here for a while. You know, we could ask them to pay some rent for the building, but I want to work in harmony and work with them because they're reaching out to the community. So I'd want to go, well, okay. Let's allow you to use the building on that day when you're doing the kitchen for free. But that would cost. Because that means we've got to give enough to be able to cover the cost for the building. But you know, the, yeah, the counter to that in my head is, okay, the building would otherwise be empty. If we always want to think about rent, 
then we're probably focusing on the wrong thing. For me, I want to focus on return on investment. It's an economic term, it's an accountancy term, return on investment, and normally people think about it in terms of money. So if I put in £10, what am I going to get back? The parable of the talents talks about these things. You know, Each of them was given some talents and some of them just buried it, some of them used it, some came back with multiple provision. But I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about return on investment in God's kingdom. And just think about this. When the fishermen had been out fishing all night, so they'd already invested hours of fishermen and caught, as the scriptures say, nothing. They come into the side and Jesus says to them what? Cast the net one more time. Now, I don't know what you think, but that's the moment of sacrifice. They're being obedient to Christ. He says, cast the net one more time. And if I was there, I'd have probably said, well, we've been fishing all night. I think, in fact, in one version, the story actually says it. But we've been fishing all night, Lord. Cast the net one more time. Sacrificially, cast the net one more time. And that casting of one more net brought in more than they could imagine in terms of a catch. It was sacrificial. But the sacrifice bore fruit. So my, my challenge and my activation of this this morning is to play you a song. sung by Michael Card called God Will Provide a Land. I remember, I remember going to a concert where I saw him actually perform this song. It's a fantastic artist and it's a great song. So let's just sit and listen to this song and allow it to be a prayer over us. And explore the moment of sacrifice in Jesus' name. Three days journey to the sacred place A boy and a man with a sorrowful face Tortured yet faithful to God's command To take the life of his son with his own hands God will provide a land to be offered up in your place a sacrifice so spotless and clean to take all your sin away Here's wood and fire, where's the sacrifice? The questioning voice and the innocent eyes Is the sign of laughter we waited for To die like a lamb, to please the Lord God will provide a God To be offered up in your a sacrifice so spotless and clean to take all your sin away. A gleaming knife, an accepted choice, a rush of wind, and an angel's voice. A ram in the thicket, caught by his horns, and a new age of trusting 
The Lord is born. Our God has provided a land He was offered up in your place. Abraham was asked to do his done. He's offered his only son. What Abraham was asked to do his done. He's offered his only son. So we come.